Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk some Disney news and we're going to have a little discussion about Disney CEOs. That's coming up next on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome everybody to episode 352 of Traveling with the Mouse. My name is Adam and I'm your host this week. I am joined by John. No fear have ye of evil curses, says you. Ah. That sounded like a bloody pirate of oh. some sort. Yeah, I was trying to think of lines that I haven't used from Magic Kingdom. Anyway. So Jason's not here again because he's out in California going to some basketball game, from what I understand. Basketball. No. Foosball. That's, yeah, he's been playing foosball behind our backs. No, he's he's actually at the uh, what Lakers Golden State game tonight. Yeah, he he's so, out on the West Coast right now. Yeah, so he gets those kind of perks with his job. I mean, you know, <laughs> which I thought his job was being on this podcast, but apparently he found exactly. some work outside of here. Yeah, well, you know, that's his second job. Yeah, he, maybe he's, he's broad trying to get into broadcasting. Yeah, it's it's possible. I tried to convince him to do his best to heckle LeBron because he might end up on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, he's not courtside though, so how's that gonna work? Yeah, it's gonna he's gonna have to shout really loud. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So anyway. it's just us again. I thought we did quite well with just us. Yeah, just the two of us. I mean, that's how it all started. If you've been with us since day one, I I have a trip next week, so. I'll be going... Oh, really? Is it that soon? Yeah. Next uh, week. So I don't know how we're going to handle next week's show. I just thought about that. Maybe we can pre-record something. Yeah. Maybe we'll have have to do something early in the week. Anyway, I'm going to tease our topic today. We're going to kind of rank the Disney CEOs that have... uh, Oh, we're going to rank them. Okay. We're not not just discussing them. We're going to actually say this one's better than this one. Yeah, we're going to rank them all. Okay. Okay, so the number one, there's Walt, and then who else? (laughs) Well, according to (laughs) Disney fandom, Walt was never considered CEO. He was considered president. No, according to this, uh, Roy was CEO from 1929 to 1971 when Roy passed away. But anyway. See, I already brought up a fun fact that I didn't know by mistake. Because I would have assumed Walt was CEO, but according according to this, they list him as president of the Walt Disney Company until he well, passed away. Do they have president as a title for the Walt Disney Company currently? Is there a current president of the Walt Disney Company? There might be. So they're the ones that really run the show. We're just, that's all smoke and mirrors when the CEO is talking. Right. Hmm, yeah. We should look uh, at well, who the president is. <laughs> yeah, it shows, the last one here shows Bob Iger was... But he was ah. president and CEO. But the, the fun fact there was when Michael Eisner was CEO, Frank Wells was president, right? He he wanted Frank Wells there in there go. with him. So, Well, who took it over after he died? <laughs> it says Eisner did. No, oh, see? There you go. Eisner had no one to keep himself in check. Yeah. So we'll just have a little chat about that later. But let's let's talk a little news to begin the show. Some of the big stories that happened in the past week would be, I don't know, Guardian's opening date is officially confirmed as May 27th, so that that guy was pretty close in saying Memorial Day. That guy. leaked it. I forgot again who it was. It was some <laughs> executive that leaked it. It wasn't Zach Ridley. No, it wasn't It wasn't Ridley this time. Any relation to Fred Ridley, the chairman of Augusta National? Uh, I don't think so. Is it like Speaking his grandson? Which, yeah. As we're recording this, round well, one. Not right, not right now, because it's dark. Yeah. In Augusta. <laughs> so, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is going to open May 27th. There is going to be pass holder previews, but they haven't told us, as of the recording of this, only that soon you'll be able to make your reservation. And there is some speculation based on some park pass availability. We'll get into that, too. But what do we yeah. think overall about guardians and are we going to try to do a preview (laughs) somehow well if the speculation is true it's going to possibly be a problem but we'll see so let's talk about the current speculation as a recording of this episode 
Park pass availability for annual pass holders is blocked out on what dates again? Total total of four days. So May the 16th, 18th, 20th, and 27th, which is kind of odd that they would have just random days. It could be that people are booking the week before thinking, oh, we need to get our park pass for the preview. Just have days booked for the week before just in case. Yeah. Right now, the twenty seventh obviously is the day that it officially opened, so that right. would that would stand to reason why it would be blocked out. Uh, yeah, the official day, and you you could be right; it could be people just guessing, right, and just being like, "Hey, I'm going to reserve a spot for the week before, just in case I need one. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and snag one for that, and then try to co- coordinate a <laughs> reservation." But that as ties with that. but as has been mentioned, typically. Yeah, the previews, the guests who register will automatically be given one anyway. So there's no reason to do that, <laughs> right? I, for for yeah. those that aren't trying to zap it up, it's not going to yeah. matter. I think right. And, uh, hopefully, I mean Ratatouille. I hope is the example for all previews going forward when attractions open, because that. Yeah. I mean Ratatouille was like almost the entire month of September <laughs> for either DVC. Media previews or or past solar previews, right? And, well, I know yeah. I know that was only six months ago or whatever, but the world's changed already. Yeah, <laughs> right. Then. Well, so lot, it might it might be different. True, a lot has changed, but I was hoping that would be the model going forward because, right, you know, at least starting you know the first week of May, give us three four weeks, three and a half weeks of possible dates, including weekends, because I mean. I think that's how we, when I booked Ratatouille, I got in a virtual queue line and it took like an hour and then I got uh, to pick a day and a time slot. It's basically just getting a fast pass essentially for, oh, sorry, lightning lane for right for a time period to go in and experience it. Well, lightning lanes weren't a thing just yet either, so that might have that's true. something to do with it. It could be. But I hope it works. I hope it works that way, though. I mean, as of, like I said, the recording, all we know is it's coming soon. And it'll probably just be announced, like, randomly. And then you'll just have to wait in line for, like, an hour to make a reservation like before. And then you got to hope that you get a day that actually will work. I mean, (laughs) I was looking at my calendar for May, and it's pretty packed with... (laughs) A lot of different things. So May yeah. is going to be a tough month to try and work this in. But I certainly would like to try it because this would be the the best opportunity during a preview to ride it maybe even more than once and not have to wait forever or pay. Or it could give us a good opportunity to, as a podcast, yeah. just review the thing, you know, right. yeah. Yeah, and, and we get to do it together. Right. Oh, I totally plan on bringing a camera, of course. Oh, yeah. So so we'll see how this shakes out in the next few days, but uh, that's cool. I'm excited about this. I, I would love to be able to go, but it just depends on a number of things. I'm sure a lot of people are trying to f- hold some days on their calendar to see, but... Yeah. Speaking yeah. of dates, my booking window for dining opened, and I decided to look yes. at the furthest day forward in my trip for Space 220, and nothing showed up. Interesting. Do you know what's weird is that it doesn't show the entire day for some reason. Huh. Like, it only goes to, like, 4 or 5 in the afternoon is all they're showing times for. But, like, if you look at, say, tomorrow, it shows later than that. So, I don't get it, how how they're doing the booking with that. Maybe I have to keep just checking religiously or something to see what happens, but... I feel like right now with restaurants, like there's some that are doing it right on the 60-day mark, but I think there are some that are actually doing it closer yeah. b- based on staffing because yeah, they're, not, they're not just like wide open any, right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's not, still not quite right, wide open as far as dining goes because I've seen some availability. seems like it opens up closer to your date than it does further out. <laughs> yeah. It's just the weirdest thing. It's hard to pin down what dining is going to be like right now, so... I did, however, manage to snag a Topolino's dinner at a good hour, so I kept that. So I kind of planned the trip I'm taking next week on a short, fairly short notice. It was within a month. Nothing I wanted was available dining, but as I mentioned, I was able to get a California Grill, although I canceled Mm -hmm. it because I don't like the pre-fee menu. Yeah. 
And I did get a Topolino's, but I didn't like the time. The time was too, it was like 4.30 in the afternoon or something. It was like, or maybe oh, 5. that's good, though. And it was too early for my plans for that Well, see, here's day. the thing. To me, getting dining around that time is perfect because you're not going to eat at that hour. You're just going to arrive at that hour. Yeah, sure. But and you see what I mean? It kind of works out good, in my opinion. Well, it just didn't seem to work for the plans I have for that day, so... I'm hoping for an Ohana, but I haven't gotten one yet. I'm, of course, using touring plans as reservation finder as well as you know doing my own searches. But yeah, the reservation finder is kind of good, but in my dealings in the past with the most popular ones, yeah. you, you pretty much have to look at the notification the moment they send it out, and then go to the dining the moment <laughs> that that happens. If you were like just a couple of minutes off. <laughs> I think it's too popular now, too. I think too many people are using it. Possibly. It used to be that it would check 15 minutes, wasn't it? Every 15? I can't remember. I've only used it like once. I think it was every 15 minutes. Now, the last time it searched was 24 minutes ago. So that's what makes me think too many people are using it because it's not able to scan through as fast as it used to. So. It could be that, or the the system is getting smarter based on the how it's how it it's able be. to get hits. It's it's either getting smarter or bogged down, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> right? Do you think Turing Plans is using a neural net processor, a learning computer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no idea. But I'll say back in December when I was searching, I was trying to get that Steakhouse 71, which I finally got for New Year's Eve. I saw Space 220 come up a couple of times. But that's the only time I've ever seen it when I was like literally for hours <laughs> just searching for dining reservations over and over and over again. So maybe that's what I need to do. It's the only time I've ever seen it come up, yeah. I'm just going to have to be dedicated. And this was day before. So that's uh, day before is always good because a lot of people will cancel out of that 24 hour window because most guests would, you know, are like, okay, I'll cancel because I don't want that you know, fee. I don't want to get charged for a no-show, and if you wait too long, it won't let you, quote-unquote, cancel same-day reservation. So So I'll tell you another reason why I think that some of the restaurants are not doing their full availability, because I was just going to stick with tradition, right? Uh, You know what that means. Last day, do breakfast. So I was just going to book a Kona, just go ahead and have it booked out of the way. There was not one showing for breakfast for the last day. I was like, okay, that's just strange. No Kona, you said? Yeah, no Kona. I'm not too concerned about that. I was just going to go ahead and do it, right? Because I know good and well there's going to be something come available. Yeah, you'll get it. And if it doesn't, there's no big deal, but... You'll get it. But I got to looking down the list, and I'm like, you know what? There's like not one single place that I'm just like dying to go to. Right. (laughs) When I got to looking at it, so yeah, anyway. that, I ran into that too. My wife, uh, a lot of the things I wa- was like, "Hey, let's do that one." She kind of shot down. It's like, man, why, why? And I'm like, because exactly. I don't know. Cause, but we look at the menu, and it's like a lot of signature ones are pre-few menus or something. I find myself looking at the kids' menu just to see if there'd be something good there. That too. Yeah, you kind of have to. <laughs> and to see if they're charging an arm and a leg for kids because it's like, okay, yeah, I know too. they're not going to yeah. eat. So why would I do that? I did go ahead and book the plaza again just because I feel like I need to do that at least once in my life. So and it was yeah. always a hard one to get. I keep, You know what? That's funny. I've I've had it, the plazas become the new, what was trying to think what's one that we always would book but never go to well for me it was animal kingdom lodge but i finally did that yeah there you go (laughs) so but it's like yeah the the plaza i i've wanted to do forever and i still haven't done it yet so i think previously prior to january i had booked uh, animal kingdom lodge like i don't know at least three times maybe more (laughs) and i would always change it (laughs) right i even had one and i was sitting outside of the plaza outside and then we canceled it and went to Liberty Tree <laughs> instead. I tell you what, Liberty Same Tree thing. is a good meal. If you, I mean, I know, I know it's basically a Thanksgiving dinner, but the quality. Well, yeah, even lunch. Know. Even yeah. lunch is good there, yeah. yeah. Pricey, the but it's good. good. For lunch, yeah, it's anyway. pricey. I mean, as far as table service goes, it's obviously among the best at Magic Kingdom, but that bar is not very high. <laughs> the bar is very low there. Yeah. Easy to pass. Speaking of Magic Kingdom, though, did you see the... The video of people being evac'd off Splash Mountain because of another sinking boat. 
Oh, I must have missed that one. That happened last week. My brother and sister-in-law were actually in Magic Kingdom on Monday. Huh. I don't know. When did it happen? According to the TikTok video, it happened on March 28th. Oh, so it was earlier than that. So okay. Was I was about to say, because I know they got to go on Splash Mountain that day. Yeah, it hit the Disney news sites on March, uh, May, April 4th. Sorry. April 4th. Okay. But the video shows, you know, a guy evacuing the, the boat, and <laughs> it's covered in water, so his shorts are, like, drenched in water, and he's uh, getting off the boat last. But, yeah, it's a fully submerged boat. <laughs> Looks to be after the drop, before you get to the indoor, you know, finale, whatever you want to call it, area, so. Something that one would hope they repair prior to the Tiana, or during the Tiana makeover. Yeah, I wonder what they would, they would, uh, they could still use some of the same props, probably, right? I would think they would probably use the same vehicles, though, right? I mean, surely, surely. Surely they're they're just going to decorate it or dress it up or something. Surely they wouldn't go through the trouble of changing the ride vehicles in this case. I mean, they'd probably I mean, just decorate it different. They would just, yeah. you know, they just dress it up different. Probably. So anyway, Disney is building affordable housing on some of that land. Is that that land that they bought a few years ago that were like, what the heck are they doing with this down south of, like, near Celebration area? Okay, is this Disney's idea of affordable, or is it truly affordable? <laughs> Good point. Well, yeah, if it's Disney's affordable, it's <laughs> it's not very affordable. It's like thousandaire, not millionaire. Sure. It's going to have 1,300 units of what they say affordable housing. How many units did you say? 1,300, but I think those are oh. like, it looks like it's going to be like um, apartment or townhome uh buildings according to the because at first i thought you just said 13 and i was like well that's really crappy yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 13, 13 units that's it <laughs> i like that they're doing that but yeah let's see let's see more about what what disney calls affordable housing yeah uh, it's like by disney standards affordable or actually yeah. affordable <laughs> exactly what is that really their idea of a good price and reality are two different things <laughs> what else we got that's interesting not a, not a ton of news, I'd say, this week, but... Yeah, well, not a ton of non-controversial, which we try to keep to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. We talk about those all the time. Yeah, because we like to keep this fun. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. We try not to get too serious. Life is yeah. serious enough as it is right now, <laughs> so that's right. fine. I mean, Disney is supposed to be a place of escape, and it's not been much of one lately. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the, the last several months have not been... Uh, yeah great and happy news out of the happiest place on earth although exactly. it's now the most magical place on earth so is that what they, it is oh, that's okay. what happened when they changed that it's, it's too magical not, now not happy it's not happy okay. anymore <laughs> okay i don't know no what the difference happy. is but all right magic, magic doesn't have to be happy no, okay it, it can be sad magic <laughs> i mean look at david blaine he's he's always like his music is, his, his music his magic is sad <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say sad, but like he's like so like serious. Like he's not, or he, you know, he's sort of deadpan in his, uh, you know, delivery. You know, I got to be honest. I'm kind of wanting to venture out a bit more as my kids probably start to get a little bit older. I'm kind of wanting to go over to the dark side. Don't say it. Yeah, to the dark side and do a trip there. I'm just saying. We're called traveling with the mouse. I mean, it could be Mickey Mouse or it could be, what's a mouse to have over there? Oh, they have Fifel over there. So what don't we call that? Wow. <laughs> they still have him, even though that's a really old reference. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow, I guess we should have been more specific with our mouse because <laughs> I didn't realize you were going to betray us like that. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. I'm, I'm considering it in the in the future. Just because I would like to do it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Most people who go to Florida casually um, will will do both, if not more than that. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So, we don't talk about Bruno. Projections are coming to Small World at Disneyland. That's cool. Yeah, I saw that. That should be interesting. I mean, because they've, they've been doing projections already anyway, right? I mean, just not, mm-hmm. I guess, Encanto or specific film-based <laughs> Yeah, or IP based. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm cool with that. I think that would be good. 
I approve. At first, when, when I first read that, I was thinking that they were going to like do a layover in the attraction. Then I actually read the article. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay. I was like, why would you do a layover in a, in a small <laughs> let's, world? Let's hope not. Of all places, yeah. Where, <laughs> well, I guess it, you could you could probably fit it somewhere in. Also, another story that caught my eye was Disney doing after-hours firework testing at Magic Kingdom. As we're recording this, it's happening right now. But What would that be for, right? Right. Is this adding, we don't talk about Bruno, to the... Oh, to Enchantment? Enchantment, yeah. Yeah, I could say that's a real possibility. I feel like what they're going to do going forward is they're going to have... Because those projections are easy to update uh, overall. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the plan is to be able to get their IP in there sooner than they have been getting it in there. <laughs> because, for instance, what, Coco just recently showed up. I don't think they had anything Coco until Harmonious. They didn't have anything Coco in a show until then, right? Well, I guess they had it in the previous. Did they have it in uh, Happily Ever After? I don't maybe. I know they have a moment in Enchantment. I'm trying to remember now. I think they have a moment in Enchantment. We know it's featured. We know it's featured in Harmonious, no matter what. So, right. but uh, see, and Coco has two thousand and is gosh, is it sixteen or seventeen? It's been a while mm. before they got it integrated. Is my point? I mean, they got it integrated over at Mexico, but yeah, in a show or right. in a nighttime feature, just like they barely squeezed in Soul in Enchantment. They just right. just barely had an opportunity. Yeah, in Kanto though, I think is probably a bigger movie and so they probably will right which find. is you would think they would do attraction at some point but that could take some time so right based on the popularity of the soundtrack though it makes sense to put it in a fireworks show or something like that so precisely Maybe. You know. yeah i would be all for that yeah let's see toy story hotel opened at tokyo disney resort yeah <laughs> it looks pretty interesting what do you think about it my first thought is that it doesn't really meet the standards of the uh, Oriental Land Company. <laughs> it's what I was thinking, what they right. normally would go for. Okay. So you're saying the quality is not as high. Yeah. If It makes me question if they would want this changed or something changed sooner rather than later. It looks very comic bookish, I guess is the word, or cartoonish. I mean, I know it's a cartoon, but well, yeah, it looks a little too cartoonish. It looks more cartoonish than the movies. I guess that's what they're going for. They're going for it looking more cartoonish than the movies? Maybe. I mean... Okay. But yeah, just to clarify for anybody out there, the Oriental Land Company is the company that runs Tokyo Disney, and they have pretty much been known for probably higher quality than Disney itself as far as (laughs) the things that they've put out there. They've been known to want to be on par with the yeah. american parks they've wanted they've actually right. wanted to take the best of and they've right. succeeded in my opinion right <laughs> in taking the best of the two parks in america each time because anytime they would do an attraction it would they, they would, would always the take best. the best version right yeah exactly yeah like magic kingdom's version of splash mountain or yeah disneyland's pirates yeah right but i mean you know some of their <laughs> attractions especially tokyo disney sea are just Better. Way better. Yeah, <laughs> insanely better. Yeah, but, if you were going to rank Pirates, obviously Disneyland is the best of the American parks, but it'd be kind of hard to beat overall the stuff they're doing in Shanghai. That's true. That's Battle pretty cool. Sunken Treasure. Yeah, it does look yeah. really neat, yeah. But back to the Toy Story Hotel, it looks it looks good overall. Like, I, I would stay there. Yeah. If I were going to go over there, which I would hope to do one day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because that's my bucket list as far as international parks go. I mean, I know you've already been to Paris, but as far as international parks go, the one that I would choose would be Tokyo. Top of the list, (laughs) for sure. Tokyo, top of the list, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, That would be my first option. The rooms look a little on the small side. Maybe it's just the pictures. I don't know. Did you look at the rooms? Yeah. They had a room tour. Yeah, they kind of look like Andy's room theme. Yeah, that part looks pretty cool. The problem I think that people would have would be with the exterior more than anything else. The exterior is kind of a pop century vibe, (laughs) right? In a way. Sort of. I think it's worse. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, because I like pop. I mean, but I don't think pop is bad. Pop is what it is. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's very similar. 
style. I guess, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't expect this from a Toy Story hotel like a, or something the level of Toy Story. I would, I would expect it to be a little different. So they're building new solar farms, two new solar farms at Walt Disney World? Well, they're quarter financial results are going to be on may 11th so it's not too far away so we'll see how they've done in the first quarter of uh 2022 or is it, or is it q2 essentially because their second quarter i guess q2 yeah, yeah. second quarter yeah, is right. january yeah they're in october start right so. <laughs> yeah spyglass grill is going to be reopening on april the 14th while you're there and aren't you going to be there on the 14th um, at caribbean beach it's been closed for quite some time yeah, I, I had actually forgotten all about it, so. Exactly. I mean, it's been closed since the pandemic. Wow. <laughs> so it's going to be opening. Typhoon Lagoon is going to be extending hours starting June the 12th. Right now it's closing at 5 p.m. on weekdays and 6 p.m. on weekends, but it's going to extend it to 7 p.m. each night for the summer hours, if you were interested in that. Typhoon Lagoon is hands down the best of the two water parks. I mean, they both are good, but it's definitely the best, so. Park hours are also longer during. Right. April when I'm there. Yeah. I see. Oh, starting, yeah. <laughs> they keep extending them. Yeah. There's a couple of 8.30 a.m. Epcot days, which means the resort guests would get in at 8. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make that. But Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the basic stuff that I, that I see. Okay. I don't have anything else other than that to add. So we can right. move along. So, according to Disney's uh, fandom wiki site the uh walt disney company has had seven ceos over its 50 years Hmm. well well i'm talking the disney company so we're talking like almost 100 years but has it been that long 1923 you know d23 23 oh yeah walt disney is listed as president from 1923 to 1966 of course when he died and Roy is listed as CEO at, from 1929 to 1971, according to this. So he was the first... Until his death. ...quote-unquote CEO, right, which he died in 1971, yeah. So I mean, you could make certainly make a case that Roy's the most important CEO, because without him, yeah. you wouldn't have any of the parks, probably. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. Yeah. So well, let's go through the go. list, though, and see, because there's a... There's yeah. quite a few that had their place, I guess. Right. I'm kind of surprised the number's as high as seven, truthfully, if Roy was the... Is Roy considered the first, you said? Yeah, according to this, Roy uh, considered the first. So his, what's his what's his total number of years considered to be then? Like 42 years. So it didn't, it didn't, didn't really have a CEO in 1923, obviously. Yeah, he would be... It wasn't be... established... To that right. level. He would definitely have the longest tenure. Yeah. Well, I mean, Roy was the money guy. Yeah. He was the... Roy... Um, he made it happen. Walt. Yeah. Ralt, Walt. The ideas. Walt. Walt. That was a combination of Walt and Roy. Ralt. <laughs> right. If they... Their uh, anyway. celebrity couple name? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Walt was the dreamer, and Roy was the one that mm-hmm. said, "We this is how we can realistically make these dreams come true. Right. Yeah, there's so. there's the famous Florida press conference where Walton was there and was like, "Well, my brother says we can do it, so if he says we can do it, we'll do." It. You know, <laughs> there you go. So yeah, he was he was, he was the was, money guy, right? He made it happen. To be quite honest, yeah. without Roy, this doesn't happen. Uh, right? So, yeah, that's very important. So I mean, he's kind of like number one just because of For that, that factor, right? You would think. Let's hear the rest before we make a decision. Though. Sure. I would say the two most pivotal where there wouldn't be a Disney company as we know it. There's another CEO that comes to mind. But the second one on the list is Don Tatum. He was from 71 to 76. Okay. Don't know Uh, much about Don Tatum. I don't either other than that's the beginning of the not-so-great film part or animation. So, obviously, it's kind of hard to follow... Someone who's like Roy. <laughs> That's yeah. the best way I know to put it. I mean, there's always there's always a gap in sports, for instance. There's always a gap where 
there's a great coach and then there's the person that follows the great coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> well, he joined the company in 1956 as a production business manager and then 1971 became CEO and board chairman following the death of Roy O. Disney. Yeah. I was just about to say, given an example, um, I can't even remember who it was that was the coach after Bear Bryant, but there's an example for you right there. I can't even remember his name, but I know it was what, it was like a staffer, but he didn't last super long. <laughs> right. So next was Card Walker, which I do know that name very well. Card Walker, I know. But it says two years after Walt's death, uh, he became the executive vice president and chief operating officer. And then when uh, Roy died, he was president serving under Don Tatum. So he took Walt's job. Right. And so he just took over when Don Tatum stepped aside. Gosh, I just remember his name being around a lot. Right. Yeah. So well, obviously, the how Disney, long did he serve again? 76 to 83. Okay. So he would have been over the company during the Epcot project. Yep. Yeah, he was CEO so during he's... Epcot and Tokyo yeah. when it first opened. Uh, 1983, he was still CEO. That's true. Yeah, yeah, he would have he would have been involved in the, the, the planning of that. Right. Yeah. And he was the one that finally okayed it because according to the, what was it, the Imagineering Project or, or what was the name of that documentary, Imagining Story? Yeah, the Imagineering Story. They, they had come I to... I think that's right. Yeah. They had come to... Disney many times, and finally, uh, Cardwalker was like, "Yeah, let's just do it because they're offering to like do everything. <laughs> We're just lending their name, and we just right. get all the money." So, so he closed the deal on Tokyo Disney. That's that's a yeah. plus. So there's something, and of course Epcot, which may not have been hugely successful until maybe after, but it was very expensive. Well, see. Yeah, I was about to say that's where our next CEO comes in. I know, I know who the next guy is. Well, um, the next one but, was Ron Miller for a year. Oh, that's right, for a year. That's right. I forgot Walt's, that. Um, I forgot that. Son-in-law. Yeah, Ron he Miller. he he. Uh, there's a reason why it was only a year for him. Cause, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, because yeah, the which I think Card Walker is probably during part of the years of the hostile takeovers uh, almost happened and. And Ron Miller was CEO right before all that. And then, of course, right. Michael Eisner. Ron Miller was like the stopgap, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> between. It kind of between, was uh, in there. Yeah. And it sort of handed it back to the Disney family after Roy, Ron Miller, right. technically, legally, part of the Disney family. Not. So I just way. want to point out, after Walt and Roy's passing, they kept it within the company yeah. to moderate to little yeah, success. success right. And then they bring in an outsider. Just right. saying. Michael Eisner, 1984 to 2005. And that's what I was going to say is that our Roy and Michael Eisner, you could probably say without them, there may not be a Disney today <laughs> as we right. know it at least. Michael came in and saved the company from being broken apart pretty much. Right. Yeah. And the parks could have been sold off to Six Flags for all we know, you know. Yeah, uh, could have, somebody. Disney might not even be a thing today if it were not for Michael Eisner. Right. Certainly not he Disney is very, World. He is very important. Yeah. yeah. He did a lot for the parks. I think that's one one. He doesn't get enough say. credit, or he didn't initially. Yeah. I think he revitalized kind of the, the parks and the resorts themselves. Like he, uh, of course, yeah. building a ton of more resorts, starting DVC. What you know, revitalizing the you know animation, the Renaissance years, even though you know, kind of st- <laughs> took it to new heights and then new lows as well. But the flagship, the Grand Floridian, was open during that time. Caribbean Beach, yeah. <laughs> which is this is kind of funny when I was talking about the difference right. in the inflation and everything. Yeah. I remember seeing a commercial that I came across. I won't remember if it was on like uh, it was on one of the YouTube channels that that does deals in retro Disney or, you know, but it was a commercial that was advertising rooms at Caribbean beach for like 69 and $79 a night, something like that. Oh, well, yeah. So just to, just to tell you how far we've come yeah. okay, <laughs> as so far as that goes. 
According to Wikipedia, Grand Floridian is June 28, 1988, and uh, Caribbean Beach was October 1st, 1988. So they were built at the same time. Yeah, they were they were constructed at the same time. Yeah, Caribbean we, Beach was the first mod. Right. And we have video. Is it, isn't that on our YouTube channel of the Grand Floridian construction <laughs> from? Oh yeah, I, I think it's on the channel. Yeah, if not, I can definitely get it up there because I have it. <laughs> I'm pr- I think it is. Yeah, I think it's already up there. Yeah, I anyway, think it is too. We should probably know that. But anyway, yes, uh, Grand Floridian. <laughs> the '90s, everything was Grand Floridian. Every show that was filmed, everything was Grand Floridian. They really yeah. pushed Grand Floridian. They pushed it as the flagship right. resort. And, um, Which to me will always be the poly, but yeah, for sure. But some of the downside of Michael Eisner, I would say Euro Disney, as it was called back then, was kind of a flop. Yeah, that came along a little later. But first, he was also the person that was instrumental in yeah. um, getting Lucasfilm and Star Wars in the parks. Yeah, because that also happened in 1988 because it was first there in Disneyland before it was ever in. Yeah. The studios. Actually, I feel like studios that was, is another one, by the way. I feel like that was the end of '87 when it opened in Disneyland. Yeah, Star well, Tours again, around the same time period. Yeah, he was yeah. hell bent, I guess, is the best way to put it on yeah. getting the studios open before Universal. Well, isn't doesn't the story goes that Tony Baxter was pitching ride concepts and Eisner was like basically his son picked Star Tours because he thought it was cool. Michael Eisner's son. And so he's like, hmm. wow. So we got like a teenager deciding what <laughs> rights we're going to do. But, uh, you know, well, it was a it good choice. Out. Yeah. So we have. Maybe him. he should be CEO. <laughs> so I forgot who, what his son's name is, but we have Michael Eisner's son to thank for Star Tours getting the green light. Yeah. So how old would he be now? Let's see. That's he would be in his, he'd be close to 50 <laughs> at this point. Maybe he was yeah. a teenager then. He'd be between 40 and forty and 50, somewhere in there. So maybe he could be CEO. Maybe we should look him up. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Okay, some more of the upsides. Disney Cruise I mean, Line, right? He, he he launched Disney Cruise Line. He initiated that. Yeah, he uh, did a lot. He did yeah. a lot of what we know today. Even what Hong Kong Disneyland, which was probably not, not as big of a <laughs> success either. Yeah, well, okay, let's put it this way. He kept him from going under after Epcot. Oh yeah, for sure. He started. He started the studio. The Renaissance. Yeah. Right. He 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 was responsible for the Renaissance and Disney animation because that's his background. Right. Built He's a TV a guy. He's a movie guy. Also built a lot uh, of resorts. Right. Tons built resorts. a lot of resorts during DVC his time period. That's pretty started. much. Yes. Yeah, that's that's when most of the resorts were built was during mm-hmm. under his. Yeah. Disney Cruise Line. Care and Disney Cruise Line was started under his care. Euro Disney, which not not great. <laughs> Yeah, that was the one that almost bankrupted him, right? So, Disney, right? <laughs> the way Disney's it out. America project that that got they were they were going to build something in yeah, Virginia, and, and that didn't even get off the ground, did it? Yeah, it got shot really. down real quick by because they were building it close to like historic uh, Civil War battle field. Yeah, location. I remember the stories about it. Yeah, that was another early '90s kind of flop. But when you mentioned Cruise Line, they had. Two ships, Magic in 98, and then the Wonder in 99. I mean, that's kind of how they always do it. They always build two ships whenever they do it, at least two ships right. whenever they do it. And it's about every 10 years yeah. <laughs> that they, they do, that they build more ships. Yeah, they have it. So they're keeping mm-hmm. on track with that. Pretty close. But really, the avoiding the hostile takeover and the breaking up of the company, that's uh, probably... Maybe number one on the list of his accomplishments, keeping the company together. Exactly. I mean, there's no Disney without Michael Eisner. Right. Not today. So just like Roy, I think Eisner's in that category where the company wouldn't exist as it is today if it weren't for those two for sure. But then, of course, Robert Iger came in after that. Mm -hmm. And arguably some of the best uh, deals were made under Iger for sure. Iger was similar to Eisner in the sense that where Eisner was kind of losing the vision, mm-hmm. Iger still had an idea of what I the vision know. was supposed to be yeah. and just kind of picked it up and continued it in the more modern era. Yeah. 
because Eisner, he got the partnership with Lucasfilm back in the day. So there are certain things that he did. And then I guess Iger kind of took it to the next level. For sure. Some can say this is good or bad, but he also tried to go back to the Dark Ride era because he he had always thought that Little Mermaid should have had a Dark Ride attraction a long time ago. Mm, And so that was one of the things that he first decided to complete. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and of course, I would the first thing restoring that relationship with Pixar and then acquiring Pixar. You know, he, yeah, he uh, befriended Steve Jobs, and that was a really broken relationship. <laughs> by the time that yeah. rolled around, by the time he became CEO, and he really right. turned that around. That was his so. First I mean, he did a, thing. he did a good job of fixing that. Which uh, Eisner was kind of losing touch. That's just the best way I know to put it. I think Frank Wells dying really hurt Eisner. It made a difference. It but I mean, I think difference. Eisner was also starting to lose touch with what yeah, the fans wanted. <laughs> probably. But I would say, yeah, late 90s, he started to lose it. That's what's, you know, after that happened, he lost his right hand, I think, right? Right. He he lost the guy that kept him in line. <laughs> yeah. Because it was kind of like, you know, like we had said before, he it was the Roy to his... Uh, Frank Wells was the Roy to his Walt, right? right? Yeah. Eisner was so. the guy with the big ideas, and Frank was the guy that kept it in line. Exactly, yeah. I think they were a good partnership, yeah. Yeah. And that, that dwindled in the 10 years after that happened. But, yeah, Iger, of course, Marvel, then Lucasfilm. We could argue that was not the best. But they've done a lot with Lucasfilm, so. Yeah, I mean, at least they're able to do stuff in the parks with it. Yeah. It's not what it could have been, so like you said, it's debatable as to how, (laughs) as to how great that was. But Marvel, Um, we can't, we have to agree. Marvel is probably the best (laughs) thing that they've done. Yeah, they they can't miss with Marvel. Pixar, I'm starting to question after their latest release, which was Turning Red. I'm starting to question if we're not seeing the effect of Lassiter being gone. Could be. I'm questioning. I mean, it could be that's the, what's happening, but we'll have to. It more time is going to have to pass to see if that has anything to do with it. Yeah. Because to me, it just that movie was missing something. I mean, my kids like it, of course, but I guess that's all that matters. But right to me, that was missing something as far as the Pixar name. Yeah. I mean, it was it was not anything like what I'm used to seeing from Pixar. Let's put it that way. Sure, I would say yeah. The last. Few have not been as good as some of the others they've done over the years, but yeah, I mean, I loved Inside Out. I actually liked Luca. I thought it was Luca's good, good but it's Pix- not Pixar, one right? It's like, oh, we gotta watch that over and over. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Pixar is missing the Toy Story esque, yeah, movie. Like they're all good, but they're not like, oh, right. this is like starting. A they're franchise. like it used to be, yeah. That's why I say the Lasseter effect. I mean, Lasseter, I, I, I guarantee you, a guy like that, he brought a lot to the table. So, I mean, Pete Doctor's great, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. Lasseter, yeah. he brought a lot to the table. <laughs> right. I mean, he was responsible for Princess and the Frog, even though that was a Walt Disney's yeah. picture. So he, he married that together. So I would say out of their last, like, five, and this includes Toy Story 4, I think Soul is the best film they've done in the last uh, three, four years. That's my pick. Coco was good, too. Three or but that four? Was, that was yeah, I'm going to say Coco. Coco's five years ago now, isn't it? I think, yeah. or close to it. Um, Cars yeah, 3 it was, was terrible. 17 or 16. <laughs> I can't remember which one. I think 17. End yeah. Of 17. Cars outside of the first one, I mean, they just yeah. kept getting worse. Cars 3, <laughs> it's not great, yeah. Finding yeah. Dory was good. Yeah. Yeah, Inside Out was all, good. But here's the thing. All the ones you're naming were when Lasseter was still there. That's true, yeah. Although I don't know if Soul. Soul's really good. I would say Soul is the Soul best. Soul was after. Soul's, yeah. Soul Soul's was the after. best of the recent ones. So I don't know. You're right. Maybe maybe they've lost some of the magic touch as far as um, Pixar. But How can you not be affected by losing someone like that? I mean, yeah. seriously. I mean, regardless of the reason. Right. I mean, you, you got to be affected. Reasons justified. <laughs> we'll give it that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Good point. So yeah. Back to Iger, because I don't know how we got off of that, but Shanghai. 
opened uh, under him. So that's definitely another, I'd say, I mean, it's been successful. Yeah, Shanghai has been, yeah. More so than Disneyland Paris. On on Shanghai, they focused on pushing the envelope, what should we say, innovation, innovatively. (laughs) Innoventionally. (laughs) Innoventionously, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm using an Epcot thing. Communicorn. I don't even know if innovatively is the right word, but they they used innovation. Right, yeah, they they pushed the envelope when it came to technology and modernizing things. Like we talked before, the trackless ride, they they did that first in, was it Tokyo with the Pooh ride? Yeah, maybe think, in Tokyo right? first, yeah. And then Ratatouille yeah. in Paris wasn't long after that, right? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, it was, it was longer than it should have been because that was like 2000, 2001. I mean, it was it was early was 2000s Tokyo. when they did the, the honey hunt thing. Yeah, when they did the Pooh's honey hunt. So it was early on. It was a long time before they had another trackless ride. You could argue that Tower of Terror is a trackless ride, right? Um, Part of it is. I guess. That's <laughs> what <laughs> I'm saying. You, you could argue that it's trackless because you don't right. you don't go on a track, but the elevator uh, uses like sensors to move. Know. Anyway. I, I don't know what category you put that in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a drop ride, That's so it's, it's different. Okay, so let's move on, of course, to the current CEO, Bobert, Bobert Chapik. Bobert. And, of course, he's only been CEO for two years, so there's not a whole lot <laughs> to talk about. He did have the misfortune of taking it over when there was a pandemic going on, so I'll, I'll say that right. much for him. Well, yeah, something else I forgot to mention under Iger was Disney Plus launched under Iger. That's correct, yeah. It seems like which they're pushing that really hard today. But anyway, that yeah. that was initially a success, but as far as what it is now, I'm not so sure. So, eh, <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's still a success, but they are pushing that. Oh, that was another news story this week was the fact that Disney Plus subscribers are getting a discount at uh, this summer. Yeah, it was like wow. Disney Plus. I don't know. You have to log in as a Disney Plus account. And, do you get it on top of your, if you're something else? No, I think <laughs> I think it's for, it's just another discount option, Disney Plus subscriber. Oh, okay. I saw that, yeah. Well, I guess that's good. At least you're thinking of that. But it's like July to September time frame, so. Have you noticed that a lot of times you'll go to a dining place, because you're in the same boat as me, that's the reason why I'm asking, that you say, oh, I have an AP, but I'm using a Disney Visa card, so it's the same discount. <laughs> It's the exact same percentage. Yeah, I don't normally do use it for dining, but... Well, anyway, it's the same percentage discount for AP as it is for uh, right, the, the Disney percentage. Visa, so... Right. right, it's the exact same, and mostly the same places. Uh. So, that's the same. Where AP helps you is merchandise with the 20% ones. Yeah, that's... Whenever you get those. Yeah. Yeah, as far as discounts go. But as far as dining goes, you're getting the same thing with a Disney Visa, pretty much. wonder when they're going to add the discount package for $100 extra for your pass. Do you want to get discounts? It's another $100 a year. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Chapek, you know, only been two years, but let's rank them really quick. Who would you say, because it's kind of tough, I would say the three that stand out are obviously Bob Iger, Michael Eisner, and... Roy Disney, those are the three that really stand out. Okay, so out of those three, I'm gonna give Roy the top spot because he finished the job to get it started. Yeah, no Disney World without okay. Roy, that's for sure. I gotta be honest, I'm kind of gonna go in order because I think Eisner did more to save the company, so I'm gonna give him the two spot, and then yeah, Chapik did more to further it to take that further. Wait, so, Chapik or I agree? I, <laughs> I mean, excuse me, not Chapik. I'm sorry. <laughs> about to say. Wrong Bob. Careful. Wrong Bob. Careful. Iger. Iger did more to take that further. Yeah. And then Chapik is actually, he's the, who was the guy that was after Roy? Don Tatum, card walker after Yeah, Don, he's, un- then, he's unfortunately kind of like the Don Tatum. He's the guy that's got to follow. Ron Miller. Success. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy that's got to follow success. And the right. thing about it is, is he already had not the best reputation as the, head of yeah. parks i mean he had he didn't have the best reputation there so i don't want this to sound like i'm sympathizing so much with him but i kind of am i think his personality he probably just can't help his personality 
This is not his best fit, to be quite honest. There are things about what he comes up with, some of his ideas, I'm sure that the shareholders love, especially the bottom line part. But as far as the overall, like the dealing with people, it's not his forte. Mm -mm. And probably (laughs) his tenure as CEO would be better served if he recognizes this and passes that responsibility off to someone who can handle it. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know, Damaro. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say if that were to happen, he would be okay in the position of CEO. I'm just, you get where I'm going yeah, with this? Like I said, if he were to do something like that, Frank Wells yeah. or Roy yeah. for, or so Walt, really, is what he needs. He needs a Walt. Um, <laughs> he needs a Walt. It's funny because I was just having this conversation today with somebody who's running a business, and he just kind of came to the realization. He's like, you know, I've been in this for four years. I was like, I'm, he's like, I'm better. I'm better as an owner. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't really manage the people at what I'm doing as well as someone else can. Right. And I mean, manager. recognizing that is the first step, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to get him somebody who can do that. Yep. That's the best. Part. So that's kind of what the position that I feel that Chapik's in. He has his strong points, but he needs someone to yeah to to, to help him right <laughs> to be the face really because. Let's face it; he's yeah. not the the best face for uh, the company in a lot of he's ways. He's not good. He's especially not good with responding like immediately. Yeah, and he's, he's his res, he's not good at thinking on his feet. Let's put it that and way. And his personality type is not one for right. It's just not received. Yeah, well. yeah, for a lot of reasons. And even announcing like stuff at like D twenty three, he's he just doesn't have any personality. It's, it's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, not everybody has to have that to be a CEO though. There's plenty of CEOs in this country that, sure, that are don't come across that way. Yeah. But Disney's different. They are all about story. And if you can't tell a story, right, right. you know, you suck it. You know, but I mean, those same CEOs, that. they recognize the need and they fill the need with someone else. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and that's leadership. That really is leadership. I mean, that's really yeah. good leadership. Exactly. So. So yeah, I, I would I think I would agree. Roy is probably the most important because really without him, you know, none of this would happen. He's kind of the OG as we call him. So yeah, I would say Eisner's probably second because the same thing without him there wouldn't be a company or there wouldn't be the parks as we know it or the company would be broken into pieces and sold off to who knows who. So yeah, I'd, I think you'd have to go with Eisner, even though I think Iger has probably done more to make the company successful, like to the huge degree multiplied any of the successes that Eisner had. Well, big time. As we were just talking about, each one's strong points, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Eisner was similar to Walt in the sense that he was kind of a dreamer. Yeah, he was definitely a dreamer. Eisner's strong point was his ability to deal with people. You mean Iger, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah Iger's I mean, strong point. I, can't, I did it again. Right. Iger's strong point was his ability to deal with people. That, Yeah, that's super <laughs> apparent because, you know, reading in his book about the how tumultuous it was between Eisner and Steve Jobs, he had to do a lot to repair that relationship. And the fact that he was able to and... George Lucas, he was able to get George Lucas to sell his company over to Iger, like seriously. Well, that was that was a combination of That's, him being that personable, but it was also timing because timing. George was sure, in that. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't still, have been able to take. You wouldn't have been able to make that deal in the right. late eighties. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, true. Timing is everything, but also he's really yeah. good. That, that clearly, that's his strong suit: is relationships and. Making people comfortable enough to sell off stuff to him because he certainly was good at that. So making good deals and I guess being approachable, likable, people want to deal with him. He's very good at that. Well, kind of like we talked about earlier, it's questionable as to whether it was the best thing for Lucas. It was definitely the best thing for Marvel. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. So For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, he did. So it's funny if you combined kind of like, Roy Eisner and Iger, the company is like bulletproof <laughs> if they had someone who had all three of those yeah. characteristics. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm at the point where one of two things needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I was just talking about earlier, Chapik needs to find someone who yeah. compliments him. Sure. Yeah. All right. 
or they need to go outside the company again, like they did with Michael Eisner. One of those two things needs to happen. Right. Yeah. I could, I could I mean, see what that. What do you think? I think at this point, yeah, I would take anybody <laughs> over, over. Oh, see, now I don't know if I go that far because that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, maybe not anybody. anybody. Yeah, you're right. It yeah. could, it could always be worse. It could always. Be I don't worse. know who it would be because I don't, I haven't looked into that. But they need an Eisner <laughs> or someone similar to an Eisner. As we've said, Demaro is the likable guy. I think he would make yeah. the most sense to put as say president of the entire company and maybe make him the face of especially PR game. Right. I mean, he could be the face. We are, we're, we're sure of that, but can he make, can he do the other part? That's the question. You see what I mean? Can he make the tough calls? Right. I definitely think he's likable and I think he's sincere. And so having to either apologize or, or take a stance for, you know, whatever issue it might be that they're, working towards it would at least come across better yeah he he would deliver it in a much better way and probably is more likable figure so i think he would he would be the obvious choice for me and as far as the company goes i'm leaning toward the fresh blood option okay for me personally i see that i mean i don't think we're quite there yet but we're heading in that direction so by the time it comes time for a change that's what they needed to go with you could probably take somebody from the competition at this point. That's kind of what they did then. Yeah. You could take somebody from Universal. Just saying. Yeah. Just to wrap this up then, who do you think is the worst <laughs> CEO? Uh, Out of what you said? Ron Miller. Just I, he was I don't know. Kind of I mean, he, he was kind of a guy caught between a rock and a hard place, so it's kind of hard to yeah. say he's the worst. I mean, he had the shortest tenure too, so... Right. As far as saying who's at the bottom, I mean, here's the thing that's tough to say about Chapik. We know he's not popular, but he's actually making the company money. So it, I guess it depends on what do you measure a successful CEO as. As far as the company being successful, it's kind of hard to argue against it right now, truthfully. It's kind of hard to argue against him because the company is still being successful. They're still making money every quarter, right. pretty much. And there's no danger right now of the park's dropping in attendance are only increasing right the 50th has a lot to do with it more so than anything he's particularly done that's the thing so we have that's why we have to wait to see right. what he does it's in the still future. too early for anything even for Iger, yeah. it might be early to kind of really look to at it on him as good right well i think yeah. i think he's definitely was good it's just hard to yeah to say uh, ron miller FYI was best known for creating touchstone pictures. That was his really only. Con- so see, he had a positive. Yeah. Who was the guy before him? Card he Walker. managed Epcot. Yeah, Card Walker ran. And then who was the guy directly after Roy? Don Tatum. So I'm probably at this point gonna have to go with Don Tatum just because that was kind of like the the worst period, dark years, yeah. the least innovative. Right, he didn't do a lot to advance the company. He just like didn't. He just let it ride, so to speak. Like he managed the what was there. So he didn't really do much innovatively, if that's a word. Yeah. He also <laughs> had a short tenure too. I think the second shortest tenure so far. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to go with him, but just because he didn't really make any big moves. Yeah. You know, he just kind of he just kind of maintained. He kind of managed. He kind of maintained the parks, and then at the. Yeah. What do we say? Entertainment, the production level, the level in the Drop studios was not very good. Yeah, drop, drop, yeah, like a rock. <laughs> yeah, the movie and television side was so just like it was not very many, not very many memorable things came out of that era. So right. I'm gonna put him as the worst. <laughs> so far, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say Chapik, of course, just because that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> but yeah, probably if you go back far enough, Ron Miller. Even Don Tatum, yeah. You gotta agree. My reasonings are my reasonings for not putting Chape because of the worst yeah, are actually reasonable. Right. I mean, He's I'm only been trying. Short I'm time. trying to put it on a. Well, I mean, I'm trying to put it on a fair scale. It's not just the short time. It's just the fact that it's he's not now. tanking the company. He's yeah. still making it profitable. So it's hard to argue against what he's doing for that reason. He's only tanking but, guest satisfaction. Right. Well. <laughs> Again, where's the evidence of that? I mean, yeah. other, well, than, other there's than there's a little there's a little bit it. there. Yeah, there's a little bit there, but even with the fact that, you know, we hate 
the way Genie Plus has gone because we know there was a better system in place that we had gamed. Yes. I'm not even going to say better. I'm going to say a system that we had gamed. Yeah, it's the reason why. what this is, though, definitely. Because we had gamed it. Not well, everybody had it gamed it. It was still better. It. You could pick three. It was free. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, still better. yeah. But, again, all those things included. Guest satisfaction? Is it? Eh, I don't know. I haven't seen any evidence that it's really dropped yet. We'll see. Again, it's like you said, too early. We'll see how it goes over time. He's only been the CEO for, what, a year now? Yeah. So... All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode, right? I mean, that was an interesting discussion to go back in time a little bit. But if you want to go back in time to listen to old episodes of our show, you can find them all on our website, travelingwithamouse.com, and you can email us podcast at travelingwithamouse.com. And if you want to plan a Disney trip, you can do so with our travel agent friend. Her name is Jill Dilbeck. Email her, jilldilbeck at gmail.com. Where else can we be found? Well, we have Facebook, Instagram, I mean, Twitter and Instagram. I don't know why I did it backwards this time. That is all at TWTM Podcast. We have a Spreadshirt store in which you can uh, buy your exclusive TWTM merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel in which you can uh, find things like the construction of the Grand Floridian. For instance, if you want to go see that video. You just need to search for TWTM Podcasts on YouTube. So for John, my name is Adam, and this has been Traveling with a Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next trip. Jason says he's looking forward to Guardians. That's what he wanted to tell everybody. Looking forward to Guardians. Oh, oh whoops. We didn't get that in time. Yeah. So it's post-roll now. Post-roll. Jason is looking forward to Guardians. Yeah. Officially. Like, that's that's his grand message, everybody. <laughs>